Welcome back to E again. EE, Environmental Everything, where we talk about environmental topics. All right? Today we're going to be talking about indoor air quality, IAQ. Wow. Right. That's important. It is kind of important. And do you know where we spend most of our time? Indoors. Basically indoors. Right? Do you know what they call the lungs of a building? The HVAC. That's correct. She does listen to me. Uh, <laughs> we do teach together, so she picks these things up. So you basically have a building, a structure, you close everything up, and what you're really breathing is what the HVAC allows you to breathe. All right. Most HVACs are very simple. They heat and they cool. Okay. And I'm going to be talking right now about um, forced hot air. Okay. Okay. So if you want to know if there's anything that the HVAC could be doing for your air quality, it's going to be, besides you know heating and cooling, would be looking at the unit to be like, is there any doodads? Is there anything extra that's installed on the system? Okay. So let's, at the most basic level in every system would have this, they would have some sort of air filter on there to pick up particulate. Okay. As you might imagine, there's different standards. Okay. We all learned about an N95 mask during COVID. Right. Okay. There are MERV filters, like a MERV 16, which would almost be like putting an N95 mask on your, um, fil on your furnace. So, and on your AC. So when air is going through there, it's being filtered through like an N95 mask. Okay. Which you could imagine would be pretty, pretty good, right? Right. Mm -hmm. right? So most people don't have um, a high-level MERV. It's typically anything that's maybe a, a MERV 3. It's something on the lower scale because it's thinner. It's about the size of a book. Where, um, whereas a, um, like a MERV 16, it would be like, um, like a really large cookbook or several encyclopedias. Like it, it could be, you know, four to six inches wide. Because there's just the bigger area it is, it's able to pick up the small particulate. Right. right. Okay. Now, so looking at it, you might also be like, what else could be on an HVAC that would make things better for us? You, you could have humidification and dehumidification. Because in the wintertime, if you're in the Northeast where we are, um, we get a very low humidity environment. It's very dry, and viruses and such can thrive in that. So you want to have a, a humidification on that unit so you can actually pull... Um, put moisture back into the air so you're not giving such a great environment for viruses. Okay. You know? Dehumidification is almost really like, you know, AC and it's where you're pulling that out. Now there's other things you could augment a system with, okay? Uh, there's UV bulbs you can put in there that'll sanitize the air as it goes through it. Okay. Um, there's other filters that can go to it. There, you know, there's different mechanisms that use electrostatic and such they use to try to do something for air quality, okay? But the, my point to most people is, on on most every property you go to, they're going to have some sort of filter. And the majority of those filters are going to be low-quality filters, kind of like a little surgical mask, and not really the higher-quality N95-style idea of a, of a filter to it. Okay. okay. But there's actually smarter um, heating systems that monitor air quality. And they may be checking, say, CO2 levels. Okay, let's say you, it's winter time; it's cold out, or even summertime, and you have a bunch of people inside. CO2 levels are going up because you're consuming air and you're expelling air. Right. Well, you can have smart um, monitors in the house that can detect that and be like, "Oh, you know what? We need more outside fresh air to make up for all the consumption of air inside." Okay. More expensive homes, more expensive systems have this, and what will happen is the system will detect this and grab more air from outside, okay? Which, 
is it does consume energy, but it's noticing that you're getting a drop in indoor air quality. Okay. Okay, so the IEQ quality is going down. Mm -hmm. So they're going to pull air from the outside in the winter. That's going to require them to warm it up because we're going to want that. We don't want cold air blasting us. And in the summertime, cooling it down. But they have that. And like any, any kind of meter, um, it does wear out and it will need calibration and such. You know, we're doing this podcast is the winter time. It's around the holidays and people are putting on their winter weight because I don't need a bathing suit on for months, right? Well, you can talk about you. I'm trying not to put on any winter weight. Every, I don't think I, wanna, I don't want to put on summer weight. I, I got year-round <laughs> weight trying to grab onto me. You know, okay. you know the seafood diet. I seafood. I eat it. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, that's not my diet. That is my. Um, that's what I do every day. <laughs> okay. So how it is. So you, <laughs> you just distracted me <laughs> from you know doing that. You, you get on your scale and you're like, oh, the scale can't be accurate. Well, guess what? Even scales will need calibration. So these systems that actually have um, monitors to it, they need to be checked, calibrated, might have to replace a sensor. Not unlike um, a tune-up for your car, right. you know, and sometimes there's a tune-up for your HVAC. As long as you're, the longer something runs, it the quality doesn't last for, you know, forever, and it has to be um, checked and gone in for service. We use a lot of meters for the environmental work we do for like volatile organics, uh, we have air quality, water quality and such. And the sensors and stuff, they go, you calibrate it, and it's like, okay, it's not within calibration. It has to go back to the manufacturer or to a service uh, center that can actually um, repair it so it's functioning as designed. What about air purifiers that you can buy? Do they do anything to the indoor air quality? They, They absolutely do. Okay. They are based on the size of the room. Okay. Okay. And it's also based on what you're trying to filter and the particulate and such. So you're not you can't take a little air filter built for, you know, a small room and then put into a much larger room. Okay. Okay. So they they do work. I'm not a huge fan of them. I would rather have something built into the HVAC because it's running without your intervention. If you're if it, you're heating, it's working. If you're cooling, it's working. Got it. Okay. So all that you can buy all these little air filters and such, and is it really doing much of anything? Not really. Well, you like know. the the purifier that it spins like there's a couple of them. Like the, a lot of uh, kids in college have them in their dorm rooms. I mean, dorm rooms are incredibly small. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that the filtration is great in them. Right. Uh, either, and the kids are sick, and they do it because it's the thing that's in vogue to do. Right. Do I have a lot of confidence in them? I, I don't. I haven't really seen a whole lot of data sets. Like if you wanted to design um, a filter for a given space, you would do testing to figure out what the baseline, what what's there and what you're trying to remove. Okay. You know? Such as if you were a library, you're getting a lot of people coming in there, you're bringing a lot from the outside. What can you do to kind of control things? You know? But I'm, I'm not a big fan, I gotta say, of buying those filters. I just, okay. I just, I don't really see them as being all that useful. Uh, I'm more inclined to like rely on the HVAC because I know it's taking the air throughout the house. And, and again, we're in this room right now. We're talking. The air quality is going down because we're consuming oxygen. Right. We don't have a window mm-hmm. open. Okay, that's just how it works. You know. And in dorm rooms, the dorm, if the window opens or not, you're, the door is going to the hallway. the The main air in the door, you know, to the dorm is way down the hallway. Right, right. So you're not really getting a whole lot of fresh air exchanges. No, not on door. What about, um, do you think cleaning your ducts affects the air quality? I 
the funny thing is EPA does not recommend you clean the ducts because you agitate all the stuff in there and it kind of gets airborne. Right. I do not do duct cleaning myself, but I do believe in duct cleaning because okay. I've been inside, I've looked inside ducts and they're disgusting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because mm -hmm. most of what's in the duct is, is dead skin cells mm -hmm. and whatever else falls in there. If a mouse gets in there, mouse droppings, like, yeah, anything goes in there and you don't really clean those as in your normal household cleaning. You're, even if you hire a house cleaner, they're not getting in there. Right. And you're breathing that air. Yeah. So it's shocking. I will tell you, I've had it done um, at the house I live in now before we bought it, and the house smelled like dog for about a week because it loosened up stuff, and eventually that away, went away because what happens is you get the duct cleans today, right? And they show you how clean they are and all this dirt they took out and the pencils and marbles and whatever, and you're like, ooh, that's great. But then over the next week or so, the stuff that didn't just was loose but didn't fly out yet starts to get loose when you're walking around and you check your air filter that you replaced, and it's dirty again. Right. So you see that, and you're like, wow, this is really kind of disgusting. You know, Trust me, many people have like taken a vacuum and cleaned like, the registers and what they can in, in the duct because they're like, oh, that's really dirty. Mm -hmm. But like, if you, what, it's what they can't see. Take your cell phone. Take a picture up there, and you'd kind of be disgusted. Oh, yeah. But the EPA does not um, recommend doing that because it agitates stuff. I don't agree with everything that the EPA does. I think doing a, a duct cleaning is, is a very um, necessary thing. Even if you do it once every 10 years. I think that's what's recommended, once every 10 years. Well, if you talk to some of the duct cleaning companies, they'll tell you, you know, every year or two. Right. I, but you know what, though? I think it depends on your environment. Like, if you have two dogs that shed in a small house with five kids, I would probably recommend getting it done, you know, every five years. If you don't have any animals, then every 10 years is fine. I wonder which of the two of us has two big hairy dogs <laughs> launching it. Yes. I don't have five kids, but the two <laughs> hairy dogs I do have. <laughs> two hairy, yes. I, I would agree. It, and that's how it is with any filtration. What is the environment? If you're a single person um, keeping things pretty clean, probably not so much You right. know that you're going to be contaminated. You have three kids um, playing soccer, playing sports, bringing their dirty cleats in right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you're going to have some issues uh, regarding that because they're going to be bringing in pesticides and herbicides from the fields because they're green for a reason, not naturally. Right. So you're going to you're going to bring that in. You're just you're going to bring any contaminants from the outside inside the house. Not to mention like, you know, squirrel urine, bird feces and everything that you're yeah, stepping on. That's so gross. It is really gross, but if you think about it, that's what's coming in. Right. You know. I understand. I, I will give you a tip um, to keep your house green. You should shake out your, your doormat at all your doors once a week when you take out the trash because that's capturing all the particulate from the outside. And some cultures, they say as soon as you walk in, you, you put your indoor shoes on, take your outdoor shoes off, so you're not tracking stuff in. Because if, I'm sure anyone listening to this, if you've ever done your own cleaning and you swept or vacuumed by your front door, your main entry into the house, there's a lot of stuff there. Yes. So it doesn't stop at the floor mat outside. It, you bring it inside. And if you were to actually gather all that stuff up and send it to a lab and analyze it, it's not chocolate goodness. No. 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 No, it really isn't. Mm -mm. But a couple other things you people need to know about indoor air quality is when you get something painted or a floor is refinished, okay, you're getting off-gassing. When you're smelling something, something is volatizing, and that's going into the air. So whenever you get work like that done, you really should try to do it in conditions where you can leave the windows open to ventilate that space so it can off-gas. Like, the new car smells not good for you. 
Right. No, right. it's not. It, you're getting plasticizers, um, fire retardants, all these different compounds, glues that are in the car. And you might, it smells good because they kind of want to make it smell like that. But what you're breathing is really, really not good for you. No, it's not. But it eventually goes away. And if you notice with a new car, you'll get this white film on the windshield, which is really the chemicals off-gassing and sticking to it. It's kind of disgusting. But talking about indoor air quality in a home, you need to realize that your indoor air quality goes up and down. If you walk out of the house for eight hours and no one's there, indoor air quality is probably really good. Because as humans, we're not consuming it. We're not adding anything to it. Right. But we're adding in you know, new rugs. Well, absolutely. A new, car new carpet smell is not really good for you. And then people like to burn candles. You burn candles. That's adding something to it. Yeah. Okay. People vaping or smoking inside. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying that people do that and you don't realize it. As a matter of fact, um, I, the EPA, do you know what the number one form of small indoor air particulate is? No, what? She actually does know because she's <laughs> heard me say it a million times. It's burnt toast because there is no combustion and there's smoke. And the smoke is really, really small particulate that you can inhale and it's actually bad for you because typically when there's burnt smoke or burnt toast, you're like, oh my God, burnt. you're like, you're getting upset, you're breathing in heavy and you're in the room with the smoke. Right. You know, of course, maybe you walked out of the room and you come in and it's like, oh my God, there's smoke in here. Yeah. Um, but again, not combustion, burnt toast. Who would really think about that? True. You know? Mm -hmm. So what are a couple things that you could do um, cost effectively to make the indoor air quality a little bit better? I don't know what. Well, Let's not burn stuff, for, you know, for one. Mm -hmm. Try to get more air exchanges into the house, okay? Which, let me tell you, in an older house, you just using the ventilation fans in your bathroom will actually create a vacuum and pull fresh air in from the outside, you know? Um, opening windows to allow some fresh air to come in, very cost-effective method for you. Um, knowing that you should change the air filter in your furnace, typically every three months, but most people forget. But most everybody has, you know, if you're paying property tax, you pay that every three months, you could remember to do it then. Mm -hmm. Or, and this is going to be really hard for people to do, they would have to have a smartphone and then set up a reminder. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Just like there's a birthday reminder. You just set it up as a reminder in the calendar and, you know, remind me every 90 days, and that's how you do it. And it works. It, well, it works if you do it. Right. You can have an incredible amount of data if you don't enter it into some system to get some good data output or analysis. It doesn't really work. Right. Right. Storing chemicals inside the house, not good. Storing them outside, better. Oh, yeah. Ever have a paint can and you open it up and it's dry? Yes. Because you're like, but the can's airtight. No, nah, it's not airtight because air's getting in. So you're actually getting some airborne contamination from that. So I know paint manufacturers don't want you to keep it outside um, like in a shed, but if you have an attached garage, putting it on a far wall of the garage away from the house, uh, away from the entry point would be good. Okay. You know, keeping stuff that you don't really want to be, uh, be breathing, pesticides, herbicides, uh, you might have some uh, ant poison or whatever, some spray or something, that all stuff should be outside like in the shed or outside, not in the basement, not someplace where you could be breathing it. And interesting enough, a lot of times people keep stuff like that under their kitchen sink because they want easy access to it, but you're breathing it. Right. You know? Even like when you use chlorine um, and you use bleach and such, breathe, breathing chlorine gas is not good for you. No. No. But people like that because it has a sense of sanitizing and cleanliness to it. 
but it's really all not that all that great for you. Do you have a tip you want to throw out there, Tiffany? No, I well, think you've I think you've done a lot of them. You mean for indoor air quality? Well, I've had people call me and they they tell me you know they're having some issues. So I immediately ask them, how long have you lived there and what has changed? You suddenly renovate it and you're getting a lot of formaldehyde from the wood cabinets and this and that right. and the glues and the flooring. I said, that could be it. Wait till that goes away. You just had new carpeting put in the house. You just had the house painted. Well, I mean, open your windows. Yeah. Cold or hot, just open your windows. Well, you know, just to get the fresh air going. Get the, which nobody really wants to do because you've, you know. Right, right. Because our, our parents have instilled in us that we do not own the electric company or the gas company. Right. So you don't, in the wintertime or the summertime, you don't want the windows open to lose all the... the oh, I just opened... Everybody was sick in my house, so we, I had the windows open. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, during COVID, they were saying, you know, keep everyone so many feet away from each other, <laughs> but also open windows, because dilution was the solution to indoor air pollution. Right, right. You know, and I really thought, because of COVID, you would see a, a greater awareness of HVAC systems. And I, I do a lot of inspections, and I work with a lot of H, HVAC companies, and it really has done next to nothing. No one has really done anything, because it's not sexy. People want to see your beautiful kitchen, not your brand new HVAC system that has all the bells and whistles. Right. You know? Yeah. Which is really quite um, alarming to me, but it's, you know, we're a little superficial, we don't really know. Yeah. So I, you know, just, you know, the whole point of these, um, these podcasts is to provide you with a little bit of insight, a, a look at something that you may not be used to looking at. Uh, being in the environmental field, I come across it, I read about it, it's a passion of mine, and, and I try to find these things and I, I try to present them in a fashion that would be affordable, easy for someone to recognize and, and do something with. You know, certainly I could recommend any number of things to um, make it uber, but I think it's unrealistic for the mass population. No, I like it. You like it? I did. All right, well, we're going to sign off. Have All a good right. day.